Welcome to the Codependent Me Podcast. I'm Tamara Shaw, a recovering codependent, a codependent life coach, and the co-author of God Turned Mommy's Wine Into Water. This podcast was created to increase the awareness of codependency and to give a more holistic look at the journey and healing of codependence. Welcome to the Codependent Me podcast. I'm your host, Tamala Shaw, and today we have Janelle Green. She is a relationship coach. I am, we've already had pre-conversation that has just been so good. I had to, we had to stop it so we could, you know, bring you guys in because <laughs> it's so good and so yummy. Janelle, welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, I like to give Pop Match a shout out because they hooked me up with the best people. And I'm so grateful that they were able to connect us. This is going to be fantastic. 100%. So, Janelle, you are a relationship coach. Yes. First, um, how long have you been in the field? Yeah, well, I've been doing this work for about 20 years, um, but I left corporate I would say around the time I turned 40, so about four years ago, and I kind of got to the point in my life where I was ready for the next mountain, if you will. Mm -hmm. I had succeeded really, really, you know, really well in in corporate, made my six figures and, and traveled the world and all that fun stuff. And then there was just this, you know, like a lot of people when they're thinking about the second half of their life. It's more about service. And so I really sat down and I asked myself if I could redo life again, if I could be reborn, if I had a blank slate, how would I want to live my life? What would be my dream life? And more importantly, when I get to the pearly gates of heaven and St. Peter says to me, you know, what did you do with your life? Where did you make the difference? That it wasn't just about, well, I sold software and I made lots of money and I donated a lot. It was like, no, I have put my heart and soul and tears and everything into something that is so much bigger than me. And that is going to perpetuate itself for generations and generations to come. And I think that all of the experience, like all of us, we've all been given experiences to learn from and hopefully through the grace of God, know how to use those experiences to help other people who are in pain and suffering. And a, there's a lot of us. I think everyone is, mm-hmm. is suffering in some level. Mm-hmm. I, so I really want to bring that level of compassion and forgiveness and understanding and humility and patience mm-hmm. to the conversation. That's so good. I mean, we we all we all realize that everyone goes through something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we all have relationships, of course, um, whether that be with your parents, your family, um, outside friends, or your significant other. Um, and there's always different ways to navigate those areas, right? mm-hmm. because and some of us have gone through some very critical things that help us with people who are going through those same things after we've healed. 
So I think that this is very honorable for you because yeah, you could have stayed in selling software. We all know there's a lot of money in it. (laughs) I was, and I was working from home. I was making like 130 grand a year, working five hours a day. I was traveling all over the world. I was winning free trips. I want a free trip to Jamaica, to Bermuda, to Rome. And yet it wasn't enough. Like for me, I was like, this is great. And my heart just feels like there's something else. And I think what was there for me was I just felt like a fraud. I felt like I was living a life that was was great, but it wasn't me. It was like 5% me. purpose. It was, yeah. And it was, I only got to bring part of Janelle, not all of Janelle. And I knew that I had so much to, so much love to give. Mm. And God blessed me with the most incredible spouse. And so I really wanted to focus on love because I'm like, hey, I have the perfect teacher. I have the, I have the role model-esque, you know, blueprint of like, what does an amazing marriage look like? But I've also been divorced. And so I know what that looks like. And I've learned the lessons and I know the signs. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm really discovering now too, is that there, there is so much information about how to have great relationships, but they're not coming from authentic relationships they are coming from professionals who who learn the stuff of psychology but who's actually talking about the day-to-day stuff that we deal with from a very pragmatic and like no bs kind of place and more importantly what here's the thing that really bothers me two things that bother me number one is i'm getting clients who come to me and say janelle my wife wants to divorce me. We've gone for couples counseling and the therapist told us that we should just get divorced. And I'm like, who thinks that they have the right to say that? It's terrible. And I've heard this at least a dozen times over the last two years. And I really want to shift that because what, what, what kills me is that they want someone to help them save their marriage. And then the one person they go to says, sorry, not possible. You give it up. Oh, give it up. And I'm like, what are you? And so here we are creating more generational trauma, mm-hmm. creating mm-hmm. more unneeded separation, division, heartbreak, trauma, you know, all of that for what? Mm. Yeah. Because because we don't know how to deal. And so those have kind of been my my clients are the ones who are like, We've everyone's told us to give up, but we're not ready to give up. And we just need someone who believes in us. And here's the funny thing. Most of them by week two or week three, total 180. It actually didn't take a lot. It just took someone to really listen Mm -hmm. and to help them confront the parts of themselves that they don't love. That is perpetuating the hurt in the relationship. And for them to realize that they both actually want the same thing they just haven't been given the tools to talk about it in a safe way where they can be completely vulnerable because of what they were taught as children and how we're not allowed to be vulnerable we're not allowed to right all so I am so as you can tell so passionate about this work because every day of my life I get to see the miracle of it and it, it's not even something massive. It's just, it's so small and minute, but such a game changer for families. And so I really want to end this thing called generational trauma. And that's why I want to talk to parents in a really no nonsense, you know, straight way to go, guys, 
Like, get your stuff together. Your children are watching. Right. Their, their relationships depend on the way you show up. Absolutely. And that's something that I think that couples really need to understand and realize is, you know, even though you're a couple, that's great, but you have to individually look at yourselves. And I love that you said you have to confront the areas that you don't love. Yeah. That's the areas that you may not even, you you may not even realize those areas of hurt and trauma and baggage is even there. Right. That would be like 99% of people. Right. So let's talk about, let's talk about that. And what are some tips or some things that people can say, I need to confront some areas, you know, how do they know where to go back in their childhood? You know, I know we were talking about how little girls, you know, the the dads may not realize that when you have that five-year-old daughter, you are teaching them at that time how they're going to deal with that 25-year-old woman, how they deal with men, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, what are some of the areas that people can look at or things that Mm -hmm. they can well, so this is kind of what I do for, for my work, right? People will come and they have a, a complaint or a challenge or a belief, right? So my partner is this, right? I can't trust my partner. My first question is I, I, I isolate. Okay, so in this scenario, trust. Mm-hmm. So then my next question would be like, got it. You don't trust your partner. So let me ask you, who was the first person who ever broke your trust? Take me back to your childhood. And immediately they know. They're like, yep, it was my sister. Yep, it was my brother. Yep, it was my dad. Yep, it was my mom. Okay, tell me what happened. And so when they play out the story, you know, I really allow them to really see that that has that decision that was made at seven, eight, nine years old is still showing up 40, 50, 60 years later and in their relationship. But they don't even, they don't make the correlation. And that's really what I want them to see that. What they're dealing with in the moment. Yeah, their partner is triggering them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But they're triggering a memory or a, a pain that actually right. is from so much long ago. Yeah. So when you can get responsible for that, mm-hmm. now you can actually come to the conversation. So like I do this with my husband all the time, right? So, um, you know, I've got trust issues because of my dad. And so I can actually call myself out on it and be like, hey, babe, I just got triggered by this thing you did or said, because that reminded me of when I was eight, when my dad left. And so he can he can tell, even though I'm physically being annoyed or whatever, he knows it's not him. Mm. And so he can like just let go of it. He's like, OK, got it. Right. And because he, he knows. And, that, <laughs> I, and, I, and I love that because he didn't take it personally because he knows exactly. it wasn't Exactly. And that's the hard thing, right? Is that we take things personally. Yes. And that's what's so wonderful about the counseling or the coaching or how how, whatever people want to go ahead and and receive for their for their relationships is when you have both people there, but they're dealing with each other individually, their own hurt, it allows the other one to understand more about their mate. You know. They'll understand, oh, that's why she's triggered when I come in at whatever time of day. It's because of blah, blah, blah. That's the trigger. It had nothing to do with me. So if I can help her, you know, or support her in healing that feeling, 
then maybe things will be different in the future. Exactly. So, you know, why my work is so transformational is that I'm not dealing with the symptoms. I'm dealing with the root issue. And so Mm. they could throw out 40 different complaints or challenges, but the way I listen, I can hear two or three core things. So that's where I focus my energy. So then all those symptoms just naturally disappear without even talking about it because I've actually gotten to the the underlying core issue and not dealing with the actual. So for example, yeah, so example, infidelity. Infidelity is only a symptom. It is not the root issue. The root issue is that there's a lack of connection, a lack of appreciation, a lack of love, a lack of trust, right? It's that. But people are trying to deal with the infidelity part. So now they're doing things that don't work. Oh, that's really good. Because like you said, you're getting down to the foundation, to the root. Yeah. Because of the found, you know, people don't realize that their foundation was built on sand, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, they don't understand why you just keep sinking and sinking and sinking. Well, that's why. That's why you're going to date the same person with a different face because you're mm-hmm. just, you haven't healed the reasoning mm-hmm. for that attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's exactly what I had to go through with my divorce and then, you know, meeting Mike, who I've now been married to for 17 years. And we just have the most magical, beautiful, sweet, passionate, sexy, fun. <laughs> oh, it is just so juicy. All of the yumminess. All and some. Like if I could, when I was a little girl, you know, I was a very, I've always been a romantic. And so like whenever I blew out candles, whenever I wished upon a star, it was always about this future man I was going to mm-hmm. marry, my, my my prince, if you want to call it. And my husband, I am not even joking you, is like 10 times better than what I thought I could get. And some. And <laughs> he's just it. like, and there's so many amazing things about him that remind me of my dad. Like, I'm like, man, if my dad were here right now, he would, yeah. they would get, a, they would be best buddies. Ah, oh, that's phenomenal. Yeah. So you had, you, you went through a divorce. So of course you had your, your situation there. How did you get to that healing mm-hmm. where you were able to accept mm-hmm. and give of yourself and your love and love yourself enough? Cause you, that's where it starts. You gotta be able to, to love yourself before you can love someone else, right? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So talking about self-love, I think this is the perfect place to start. You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of us get married for the wrong reasons, out of fear, specifically out of the fear of being lonely mm. or specifically and feeling like a failure in life because you didn't get married and have kids. And so we rush, in, especially when we get it on that thirties mark where we're like, oh, we gotta hurry up because all the good men are, are gonna be gone. And then we just jump into relationships, not really checking out, like, is this actually what I want long term? Or is this just a a quick fix? Because I don't want to feel lonely. And I don't and I want I don't Yeah, I don't want to be feel lonely. So that was my situation. I didn't know it at the time, of course. Mm. Um, And my dad had just passed away. And so, you know, being Filipino, we it's all about family having kids and babies and all that stuff and getting married. And so I felt like I was rushed into, not blaming him, but myself, rushed into this relationship. And what I discovered really quickly was that what I had wanted in a relationship was not the same thing he wanted. He said he did, but he didn't. Mm -hmm. And the expectations, oh my gosh, 
we could talk about expectations for two hours, but um, the expectations that I had as to what this marriage was going to look like didn't actually pan out. And so within a couple months, I felt like I had made the biggest mistake. I, he had actually beaten up one of my puppies, which was like, I am not having kids with this man. Cause if he can't even keep his hands to himself on a five pound dog who just peed on the carpet, how is he going to be with my children? Right. Um, he stopped going to church. He stopped working. He stopped showering. Like it was, it was not great, but you know, what had happened is my friend invited us to do a seminar. It's called the landmark forum. And it's really about transformation, transformation over a weekend. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying to him, we need to go do this. You need to go get fixed. Right. I had it that I was right. He was wrong. And he just needs some course to take so that he can just fix himself. So we go to this thing. He spends the whole weekend sleeping, like no, no joke. But I was like totally intrigued. I'm like, ah! and so we start talking about like childhood trauma, like all the stuff. And I just, it was like, I was asleep and all of a sudden I was awake and everything that was black and white went to color. And it was just like this whole new perspective of life. And so I came out of that and I really started to do the work on myself, specifically on my marriage. And what I saw was that I had belief that A, I couldn't trust men, B, everybody I love will leave me, and C, I'm unlovable. So I could, you know, I, of course, I didn't see it again in, in, until I did this the seminar but what was so beautiful is in doing the work and getting responsible. That's another thing to be responsible. I got responsible for what had happened to me. I got responsible for getting into this marriage that shouldn't have happened. And I was able to just sit him down, my ex, and say to him, listen, I got to apologize. I have been judging you. I've been making you wrong. I have been mean. I just took full responsibility for my behavior. I said, you know what? You are great, just the way you are. And it's not, it doesn't work for me. And I think we should get divorced. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he was really upset about it. But I was really powerful in this place that I was in. Because I, I finally found peace within myself and forgiveness. And the beautiful part about it is we, it costed us $80 to complete our marriage, to get divorced. $80. We even went to the divorce, the courts together. We signed the papers side by side. We even went out for dinner. <laughs> and then he dropped me off at my house. And I just looked over at him and I said, you know what? I wish you the best. I really do. And good luck. And I gave him a kiss on the cheek. And that was it. Like that, I know it doesn't sound like a big deal, but if you knew where our relationship was, it was so icky no. and nasty. Yes. Anyone who can go to court when you're being, you know, when you're getting divorced and you are, <laughs> I've seen some horrible things in divorce court. So yes, it is a huge thing because people feel as though if you're going to get divorced, that you hate each other. That's not always the case. You just realize that this person was not for you, right? Mm -hmm. And and it's wonderful that you you were able to figure that out peacefully. Yeah. And you didn't just like, oh, well, I'm I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try. Sometimes it's okay when you realize that that's not 
that that marriage is not for you. Now, if you mm-hmm. want to make it work, absolutely do everything yeah. you can to make it work. Yeah. But I love those three areas that you brought up. It's trust, abandonment, and lack of love. Some of yeah. us really don't really truly know how to love ourselves the yeah. way that we're supposed to. Yeah. And those three areas are probably the top three yeah. out of four yeah. for all people, right? 100%. 100%. Absolutely. I mean, because when you were talking, I'm like, she's telling my story. <laughs> it's just amazing. But yeah. yes, absolutely. Trust, abandonment, and lack of love. But to be able to, like you said, don't point fingers at people, put up the mirror and take the yeah. responsibility for yourself yeah. in those areas, figuring yeah. out, like you said, going back to see where did the trust issue start? Where did the abandonment issue start? Where yeah. did the lack of love or the low self-esteem and all of those areas, where did that begin? Yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize there's this really great book. It's called um, getting there's actually there's two books called getting the love you want and receiving the love you want. But one of the, the, one of the takeaways that I got from that book is that there is no mistake in who we choose as partners. And typically our partner is either one or both of our parents that like, there's something, because if you think about it, when we fall in love, we're like, there's something so, so familiar about you, right? Like how many times do we say, I feel like I've known you forever. That's Mm -hmm. actually true on some level, because there's something about them that reminds us of Mm -hmm. either the positives or the negatives of of either one or more of the parents. Now on the flip side of that, it also means whatever wounds that we haven't healed is going to show up in this relationship. And so I encourage people, if you have sort of this, this challenge with your partner to really stop, like you're saying, to take ownership and go, what is it that I, if there's what, if there was a lesson that I'm supposed to be learning, if this person in front of me was always meant to be my partner and is supposed to teach me something, what am I being taught right now? Mm. Is it about acceptance? Is it about unconditional love? Is it about humility? Mm. Right? There's so many things. And so that's, you know, that's the work that I do whenever I come up to any sort of challenge, whether it's health, business, personal relationships, when I hit that roadblock, I I stop. And after I kind of have a bit of the, the freak out, I ask myself, okay, what am I supposed to learn here? Mm-hmm. How is this a valuable opportunity for me rather than going into the victim mentality? Because there's no power there. Oh, that's really, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> Zero mm-hmm. power in being a victim. Oh my gosh. And and sometimes we sit there and don't realize it. We're sitting there having that pity party for ourselves yeah. and not realizing like we got to get up and do the work. It yeah. feels, it feels good when you get to stand up and be on the other side. Yeah. But there's a lot of work to do in order to get over there. Well, and here's the thing. Why do people, knowing that they need to do the work, not do the work? Mm. And I think that a lot of times it's that either we don't know how Mm -hmm. or we're unwilling to give up our opinion or judgment for the sake of the highest good because we just want to feel right. And this is, again, why so many relationships don't work because it's all about winning rather than creating connection and happiness and peace and love. Mm. And so one of the beautiful things I love about me and my husband 
is that whatever challenge we deal with, we always clean it up. We always hug it out and say, I love you. And we never bring it into the future. Once something is done in the past, it never comes up ever again. And I think a lot of people, they they live in the past. They live in that five minutes of wrong or that one word that that person said 15 years ago. You know, it's like, or that thing that dad said, it's like, get it up. Like, don't blame other people for your unhappiness because that's your job. And yeah, maybe people do things that are inappropriate and hurtful, but that's why knowing what forgiveness is to its depth is so important. Unfortunately, very few people have been taught what forgiveness truly is and the meaning of it and how to use it in a really powerful way. So let's talk about that. Yeah. What is forgiveness truly? Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this. What do you think forgiveness is truly? Let's start there. Because let's talk about what it's not first. Right. Okay. So I feel as though forgiveness is looking at what the person, okay. So of course there's some hurt somewhere. Okay. I've I've been hurt. I've been, you know, scorned (laughs) and in order for me to forgive, I have to, number one, understand that the person understood what happened. Because if a person doesn't understand what has happened, then they'll repeat whatever it is. And as long as there is an apology, then I'm willing to move forward. And that is me forgiving. Yeah. So that is the most common one. That is the one my mom thinks it is. Therefore, she hasn't been able to forgive (laughs) her knees for the last 12 years because she's waiting for the apology, which she's never going to get. So forgiveness at its core is not about anyone else but yourself. Exactly. Forgiveness is about the the hurt is the prison that we put ourselves in because of someone else's actions, mm-hmm. right? And so forgiveness is about taking that, finding the key that frees us from the hurt. So when I forgive myself, like I did this yesterday, I was telling you about that situation, right? I laid in bed and I said, Lord, um, I forgive myself for being mean. I forgive myself for doubting. I forgive, you know, I, 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 I went through guilt. I went through, I went through all the spaces, but I, once I was able to forgive myself, then I could start to forgive her. Right. I mean, you can do it the other way around, but you know, for me, it's really about taking ownership where I allowed her to hurt me, this person that I don't even know, and mm-hmm. then holding on to it and then diminishing my power based on someone else who was hurt and took it out on me verbally and then me spewing back some sort of response as a trigger Mm -hmm. and then catching myself and going, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. And then working on me to bring compassion to me and then to bring forgiveness to me. And so when it's not about someone else, because here's the thing, if it's dependent on someone else, who has the power? Thank you. Not you. Exactly. (laughs) Right. So, When you think about forgiveness, like, okay, so now in my head, forgiveness is a ball. It's it's a ball, right? 
So if I'm going to forgive, it stays in my hand. Right. It's never given to the other person because it's not yeah. up to them yeah. for me to forgive. So no matter what their action is, no matter what they do, how they do it, if I am going to forgive, that is unconditional for me in order for me to move on. So I never take the ball out of my hand. That's right. And that is self-love, isn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Yes, I can see that's, it. That way. Yeah, that's really it's not good. just about love, love. I love myself, but really in those hard moments. And this is, you know, I practice this with my husband too. It's like, how can we love each other when it's really hard to love each other or love ourselves? Mm. Oh, right. So let's say there's a couple listening right now and they're in a hard spot. There's been trust issues. Um, and they really, they're not hearing each other. Yeah. What is it that that couple can do in order to sit down and truly, truly get to the point where they can hear the other person? Yeah. Well, there is a specific technique that I, I use in that and really, like, if I'm really honest about it, it's actually mostly just getting them to not talk when they want to interrupt. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, first of all, the really basic of it, because they can't even say what they need to say because the other person's jumping in, getting defensive, taking it personally, making up stories about what, what they think they heard, which is not actually what they said, right? All of that. So I think, and this is the beauty about having someone like me or a third party is when you and I are talking and you're directing it at me. The third person, your partner can hear it because it's not being directed at them. It's being directed at between us. Mm -hmm. So now they're hearing it in a very different way that doesn't require them to have their defenses up because it's those defenses that get in the way. Mm -hmm. I want people to consider that when we're in our conscious mind, we have the ability to learn, to process information, to be logical. But when we are emotional, when we are having a trauma response, all of that shuts down. And then we go into this thing called survival mechanism, which is has nothing to do with logic. And we act like fools when we're there because the, the ego's being triggered, our inner child's being triggered, right? All their trauma's being triggered. There's mom again when I was a kid doing that thing. It's like, you're reminding me of my, you know, right? All of that. And so I think being able to, first of all, understand what is actually happening right now Mm-hmm. Number two, slowing the roll, because we we do this like knee jerk reaction thing where interruption shows up, and if we can just slow down and breathe, and agree that we respect each other enough that we're gonna listen and allow the other person to say what they need to say before we jump in, yeah. and then if if I were to take it another level, we all want to be heard, right? We all want to be valued, and to have that space that safe space to say here's here's what's going on for me it may not make sense but this is what it's like being me to have that person actually be curious Mm. and be like huh I never saw it that way like this is what I love about my husband he just is so has so much space and grace for me um and so there's not this sort of trying to trying to dominate each other in the conversation and trying to win Right. Oh, that's okay. (laughs) 
So <laughs> I, 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 we do this book club every week and the book club is about, it's a book called drama free and mm-hmm. it's about dysfunction in families and all of this. And last week, week before last, we talked about how in conversations with people, they don't listen. The only mm-hmm. thing that they want to do is figure out how to make it. So, you know, that I'm right. Right. That's it. Like both sides. That's what they're doing. And it's like, no, that's not, that's not how you communicate. You don't communicate that way. So I tried to get them to understand, well, you know, I try to take some techniques from different things that I've learned and everything. But one thing that like, when you're learning how to communicate, it sounds very childish to do this, meaning not child, but like little, like 10 year old childish, childish. When a person says something, you can respond to them and say, okay, so what I heard you say is blah, 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 blah. That slows everything down. Exactly. It makes the other person feel heard and it makes the other person know that they understood. Exactly. Because so many of us go, I understand, I understand, but (laughs) if there's a button in there, you don't understand. Right. Yes. Because at that moment, it's like, it's not about that other person's feelings. It's about mine. But for a moment, let's make sure that you understand what their feelings is. And then you can tell what yours is. So if everybody just takes a beat and just chill for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, But (laughs) it's hard to do, right? When you're in that high stress and and the the energy is really, you know. Yeah. Nobody ever says, what did you say is? That has to be calm, right? And so I'm like, you, you feel like it's a 10-year-old conversation, but it's really, truly in the beginning communication. And if you can start that way and do it that way, then later yeah. on, when you truly feel as though, hmm, maybe I didn't understand that, then it's easier to say, okay, now hold on. Now, what I think I heard you say was, right? Yeah. It gets that that communication and that gives that person the chance to say, no, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings when I said that. I didn't mean it that way. I meant it like this. You know? Right, right, exactly. So, you know, yes, exactly. What you just said is exactly what we do. Yeah. And it's hard, it's it's easier said than done. And that's why I think people like me are so valuable who know how to navigate those relationships. Because honestly, I have seen it where this ongoing fight's been going on for years. We spend 20 minutes doing this exercise. Yep. Game changer. Yes. But they just didn't know. They just didn't know how. They're like, we know that we do this. We've Mm -hmm. seen our parents do it. We just don't know how to break the cycle because this is what, this is the song and dance that we were taught. We don't know any other, we don't know other, other choreography. (laughs) Right. That, right. Exactly. So Janelle, so this is good stuff. You are saving relationships and I love it. Yeah. And where can they find you? They can find me at JanelleGreen.com or at SaveOurMarriage.ca. And if they join my newsletter, there is the five tips to improve your communication. This is, it sounds really basic, but these are the five tips that I teach every single client of mine. And it talks more about what not to do. Like what's the pitfall, the mistakes people commonly make, right? Um, And I have some workshops coming up in the next few months around forgiveness, around couples goals, around having a vision. Because most couples, especially when you've been married for a really long time, it can get a little vanilla and meh. And if we're not creating a future that excites us and that has us looking forward to being together in the future, 
we start to get into this cycle of mundane mediocrity mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and disconnect and boredom. So I'm going to be doing a couple things like that in the next couple uh, months. That's awesome. And they can get that at saveourmarriage.ca? Yeah, they just need to sign up for my newsletter and they're going to get the uh, the notifications as my, and these are all free events that people can join. Oh, nice. Very nice. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on the Codependent Me podcast, talking about these wonderful relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I love I think it. This has been really, really good. I hope that the audience, you know, has tapped in to know that just because things are, they may not be the best right now, it doesn't mean that you can't get there. It just takes, you know, it takes work. It really does take work. Understanding. It takes, you know, taking a moment to figure out some things about yourself and learning some things about your partner, you know? Yeah. All of us have life before before we were together. And sometimes the life that we've had before we got together affects where we are today. Yeah. So, and, you know, change is hard. And yeah. and this is the thing, right? As as much as we want to change, we're like, how do we do that? You know, if anyone is in that position, I invite you to, to reach out to me um, and, and, you know, talk about that because it just needs, you just need a little bit of a, a nudge, yes. from, you know, someone to hold your hand to show you the way, it, especially when you didn't have the best role models growing up. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I ask all of my guests that if they could tell the audience anything, one last nugget, what would it be? Be the change you wish to see in the world. If you want more love, give more love. If you want more affection, give more affection. If you want to be respected, show respect. Mm. Yes, that is very, very true. Very, very true. And we want to continue to spread love because that's what's needed in this world for sure. Mm -hmm. So I want to thank you for being on the show. I'd like to thank the audience because I know that there's all kinds of podcasts out there, but you chose this one and I thank you. And I want you to remember that you matter and your story matters and your marriage matters, your relationships matter. Most importantly, you, 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 you matter. (laughs) So until next time, have a fantastic day. And we'll talk next time. Bye. I understand that nothing is more valuable than your time. So thank you for listening. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Codependent Me. And check out my website at codependentme.org. Thanks so much. Have a great day.